Welcome to the Wellstride Podcast Writer, and thank you so much for listening in today. My name is Kristen Kiefer, and this podcast is where I translate articles from the Wellstride blog into audio so you can listen in on the go. If you don't know, Wellstride is where I share articles and tools and resources to help you craft sensational novels and build your very best writing life. Now, if you've been following along with the podcast in recent months, you probably know that in the year of 2018 here, I have been on the Great Blog Archive Update. I've been diving back into the blog archives at Wellstoried and overhauling some articles and then just updating and reformatting others to make sure that all of my work that's available is up to date and up to par with what I'm currently creating. And so today is no different. In fact, the article that we are going to cover in today's episode of the podcast is one that I originally wrote back in 2015, and it was so kind of um, embarrassing, to be honest, uh, the content of it and the way that I had written it just wasn't how I like to do things nowadays, that I decided to completely rewrite this article and republish it on the blog today and to share it with you in today's episode of the podcast. So this episode is called, Should You Include a Prologue in Your Story? And if you'd like to read along while you listen in, you can head on over to well-storied.com prologue. Should You Include a Prologue in Your Story? Ah, uh, the great prologue debate. Should they or should they not have a place in fiction? The necessity of prologues, or lack thereof, is a topic that's frequently discussed in online writing circles. And today I'd like to add my own two cents to the clamor. You see, I feel pretty strongly about the power of a prologue well-written. It's a story element I've enjoyed time and time again as a reader, and also one that I've worked to emulate in many of my own stories. Why do I think that prologues have their place? And what defines a prologue as well-written in my eyes? Allow me to share my thoughts with you in today's episode, writers. First, we need to begin by asking one all-important question. Why is there such a debate about prologues in the first place? Prologues are often a hot topic in creative writing circles. You see, most stories don't need them, yet many writers choose to include them in their stories. Because of this, there are far too many poorly written prologues in this world, leading many experienced writers to villainize prologues as a whole. But why do so many writers choose to write prologues in the first place? Often it comes down to a lack of developed skill. Unsure of how to effectively weave backstory into the body of a novel, or overestimating the importance of certain expositional details, many writers choose to dump it all in a prologue instead. Even when prologues have the potential to serve a valuable role in a story, many writers fail to execute them effectively. We'll talk more about where writers often go wrong when writing prologues in a moment, but first I'd like to share a few of the ways that prologues can indeed prove valuable to a story. First up, a prologue can create dramatic irony. Dramatic irony is a form of suspense that occurs when readers are privy to valuable knowledge that the main characters don't have. Often this knowledge endangers the main characters, their loved ones, or those they're responsible for, thus creating stakes that build suspense. You see this form of prologue most often in murder mysteries and thrillers, though it's not uncommonly seen in other genres as well. Often an antagonist is introduced in this style of prologue. 
But secondly, a prologue can foreshadow pivotal plot events. Similar to dramatic irony, foreshadowing can also create a measure of suspense in readers, though it's not uncommon for elements of foreshadowing to also go unnoticed. In either case, hindsight is 2020. By foreshadowing pivotal future events, a prologue can kick off a plot that runs full circle, while also establishing the story's tone and dropping breadcrumbs for readers to discover the next time they pick up the book. And finally, a prologue can showcase the inciting incident. The inciting incident is the event that thrusts the main character into the heart of the story, even if they don't yet know it. Many such incidents take place during the opening chapters of a story, but some occur before the story begins, and often without the main character's knowledge. When they do, including a prologue that gives readers a glimpse of the inciting incident can be a great way to pique their interest and, in some cases, create a little of that aforementioned dramatic irony as well. As you can see, there is a place for prologues that share critical backstory and or necessary expositional details. But all too often, these valuable prologues fall short of their potential because writers fail to execute them to the best of their ability. But where is it that writers often go wrong? Let's discuss a few common prologue pitfalls. The good news is that most prologue pitfalls are simply a result of inexperience. Though there will always be exceptions that prove the rule, here are the biggest prologue complaints and why they pose a threat to your story as a whole. Pitfall number one, your prologue is too lengthy. Prologues are a warm-up. They're meant to stir the waters, draw the crowd, to prep readers for their very best dive into the heart of your story. The longer a prologue runs, the more it draws attention to itself, encouraging readers to invest in the characters or conflict taking place therein. Ultimately, this can prove jarring when readers at last make their way to chapter one and find a new character, conflict, or timeline waiting for them, making it all the more difficult for them to invest in your story. Pitfall number two, your prologue is too on the nose. There's a common fear among writers, especially inexperienced ones, that if readers don't understand exactly what's going on in their story from page one, they won't have any interest in continuing. This leads writers to dump far too much information in the opening pages of their stories, prologues included, rather than slowly unfolding the details of their characters' lives and worlds as their stories progress. Such heavy-handed writing can often spoil a prologue's potential, making that pivotal backstory or exposition read far more like a textbook than the promise of adventure to come. Pitfall number three, your prologue introduces your main character. Prologues are a tease, a taste of wonders or dangers to come, but they aren't the true hook of your story. They shouldn't introduce readers to your main character. Granted, this doesn't mean that your prologue can't feature your main character. They can indeed be the subject of your prologue. But if they are, I would caution you against introducing as many details about them as you can, name included if possible. Why? Because the person your character is in the prologue isn't likely to be the person they are in chapter one. And again, you don't want readers to invest too deeply in the happenings or characters found in your prologue as that will only make the transition into chapter one all the more jarring. 
On to pitfall number four, your prologue doesn't set up your story. Some prologues drop readers into the middle of the action, while others wend through layers of intricate world building or showcase events filled with tension. But what many of these same prologues fail to do is actually lay the foundations for the story to come. If your prologue doesn't serve a very specific purpose, especially one of those we discussed just a few moments ago in our episode, then it's likely self-indulgent and needs to go. And finally, pitfall number five. Your prologue is pretty boring. Prologues shouldn't be short stories in and of themselves, but they should contain several elements of story that ensure they grab readers' interest. In particular, a subject and a source of tension. A subject is most often a character, throwaway or otherwise, though it could also be an object of sorts. A rope, a bomb, a magical sword. Apply a source of tension to that subject. A character in conflict, the whisper of a curse, a timer set to go kaboom, and you'll ensure that your prologue isn't the driest in the land. Combine that compelling interest with a little purpose and tight prose, and you are well on your way to a successfully executed prologue. But first, a few final notes on crafting prologues. Still not sure if your prologue has a place in your story? Not every prologue is best woven into the main body of a story, but if your own prologue could be fit elsewhere, it's an option worth considering. But if you're holding onto your prologue simply because it's a piece of work you love, it may be time to kill your darling. I know from experience that it's not easy to let go of a prologue you adore. I've even struggled to cut an unnecessary prologue simply because of the time and effort I put into writing it. I didn't even like the prologue that much. But there's too much at stake in the opening pages of your story to risk including a prologue that does more to put readers off than to draw them in. All that said, you must also recognize that not every reader will love your prologue, no matter how well you've crafted it. There's a debate for a reason, after all, and some readers simply aren't enthralled by what any prologue has to offer. And that's okay. It's simply a fact of life, and that same principle applies to pretty much every element of your story. So write what you love, and do a damn good job of writing it, and I promise you'll have no regrets. Thanks for listening in to today's episode of The Podcast Writers. I hope you enjoyed my personal thoughts on prologues, why I think that they can serve a valuable place and purpose in your story, but it's also kind of likely that your story doesn't need one. So if you are considering adding a prologue, make sure to check out these tips again and see if, you know, first of all, that you agree with them and see if your prologue really fits those purposes and follows those tips. If not, it might be considering getting rid of it, but hey... That's just my opinion. If you did enjoy today's episode of the podcast and would like to support the podcast as a whole, make sure to leave a quick rating, a review. You can also like and subscribe depending on where you're listening in from so you can make sure that you never miss another episode of the podcast and to help others see that the podcast exists as well. 
If you also have an extra buck or two hanging around this month and would like to help support the podcast monetarily, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash wellstoried. If you don't know, Patreon is where you can support your favorite creators for as little as $1 a month, and I currently run an account for Wellstoried. And so your support there not only helps me keep the podcast up and running, but helps support all of the free resources I create at Wellstoried. So again, I'll leave that link for you in today's episode description if you'd like to get involved. That's everything I have for you today, friends, I think. Thank you so much for listening in. I can't wait to see you guys next time. But until then, happy writing.